bom menina nos promete edição de Vox Juventus. Meu nome é Ashna Thaisen e meu nome é host para Aue. Vox Juventus está um podcast de Robin para Robin, onde é meta para promover conversação entre Robin e o tópico que você está importante. O tópico de nosso primeiro episódio está Câmbio de Clima. Nós está acompanhando Aue de nosso primeiro episódio com nosso primeiro invitado, Giovanna e Jasmine. Como vai com você? Tudo bom, Danke. <risos> você não pode contar um pouco mais de você mesmo? Nós está começando com Jasmine. Uh, bom tarde, meu nome é Jasmine. I'm 17 years old and I just graduated Havel. I'm on my gap year, figuring things out, workshops, courses, photography. Um, hello, bom tarde. My name is Giovanna Carousel. I am 15 years old and I'm in my last year of Mavu. Okay. okay. Maneira me a mencionar o tópico de água da climate change. Um, um tópico hopi relevante e com hopi discussão na Aruba e, de, e exterior. Na Aruba, luna passada, eu tinha um encontro tocante clima, que se chama Climate Action, e eu tinha um outro para o fim de novembro. Greta Thunberg, me dá seguro que você sabe quem está, é um jovem um, de 16 anos, que atualmente está um, hobby basic, está promovendo Climate Action em diferentes um, coisas que nós podemos para pôr melhor condição de climate change. Um, e hoje, mirando esse, mirando com hobby relevante e tal, de uma temporada aqui, você pode explicar um pouco mais de que o climate change está, ou de que o cambio de clima está? Ok. Well, climate change is something natural. But when we talk of climate change nowadays, we're talking about the, the changing of climate at a pace that is unnatural. It is being caused by us and by things we're doing. And if we don't stop it, we are heading into a very heated environment. Bo um, a mencionar um, heated environment. Com a cena, que a cena bo quermen com heated environment? Me quermen de um clima mais, um meio ambiente mais warmer. Okay. So, global warming essentially um, is related to the greenhouse gas effect, which is a natural process and it's what makes life on earth possible, but the problem is that we are taking it to an extreme where we are putting out too much of these greenhouse gases through industry, through um, different forms of pollution. And um, these different types of greenhouse gases, mostly CO2, carbon dioxide, uh, methane, all these things, um, which is accelerating the greenhouse gas effect and it's making it even stronger than what it's supposed to be. Mirando lo cual vos a mencionar, a vos ta pensa que na Aruba nos joven nanta consciente de que cambio de clima ta? Um, yes and no, um, because it is in our hands. I am educated on the topic because of social media, not because of school. Anto a meta sindico eta algo kung meserta implementadong school pa nosta mas eduka anto nosting effects nang ona nospor really dialogue about it, where everybody has an understanding, where everybody is educated, and where everybody knows each side of it. But now do as to I think if we are educated on it and consciente DJ, um, si, si, no stop. Yeah, I pretty much agree as well. I think we know a lot more because of social media and because of news than from school. Um, and it, and I think it's, um, of essence also that not only are we taught in school about climate change, but also what we can do about it as individuals. Um, vos a mencionar algo hopi interesante tocante ku vos ta haya ku 
un manera que el joven aporta más consciente de que se sina implemente en escuela. Algo con vosotros piensa na po implementar esa que en escuela. Um, nang por trece den u vak. So like who u vak where we talk about things that is happening, cos nang kota realistic that's happening now. Of por ejemplo den Andrix kanda. Um, den Andrix kanda aminotas sin di esa que tin biya sin ilener of your frauker papi over dije natase pero en no mister guardo así i was never tested on it it was nothing that i was supposed to learn right so um we did learn a little bit about it in colegio but it's very much kind of brushed over it's not treated with the with the importance in yes with the importance and with the weight that it that the reality of the situation has So I th it's kind of treated as anything else, um, and I think there should be more emphasis on it in class. Mirando que vos ha mencionado tocante con Hopi, esta hora tres idilante cuando está Hopi, llamar genug, vos nan aweita el tipo de impacto nan con cambio de clima tin portando de exterior pero na arriba, vos por aweita algún cambio nan algún impacto nan. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Like, um, I noticed especially this, like, the past month or two, mm -hmm. it's been crazy hot. And what what happened, I, I'm not sure if this was the cause of it, but I remember there was a, an extremely hot day. Okay. And there was a power outage, which I'm assuming is because everyone was turning on their aircon. Could which, be. by the way, is further, like, making global warming worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this vicious cycle. Um, Yeah, I think that's something. It's already been hot on Aruba, but I think it's it's getting worse as time goes on and drier periods. Yeah. Do you think that there's any ways, um, as in in terms of habits? Like you mentioned that we have like really bad habits of turning on the AC because it's too hot. Um, do you think there's any habits that we do that is also responsible for um, climate change other than that one? Um, yes, there are multiple. For example, driving our cars. Cars release CO2, which is a greenhouse gas. Um, this is this is a habit. We go in the car, we turn the car in the air, we turn the air in the car on, and we just drive. We don't think about walking, which is better for the environment, and it's also better for our bodies. We don't think of, well, or maybe we do think about riding our bicycles, but um, for example, bicycles are very expensive. So something we can do is the government can like baja the BBO on them, which makes them more, more wanting for us to ride them, which will in terms lead to a better environment. Yeah. Um, also, just to add on what you said, I think also a lot of people don't feel safe enough to drive on mm -hmm. a road with a bicycle. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a, there is a growth in bicycle paths that have been made, so that's an improvement. Uh, hopefully it leads to more people driving their bicycle. I think also another thing that is quite controversial and I'm a little scared to mention. <laughs> you may. <laughs> you can uh, mention it, of is, course. Uh, meat and the intake of meat. Yes, and the, okay. like massive amounts. And I think especially in a Ruben culture, it's like, ham mm -hmm. na And like, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, beef stova. And um, I think it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to go vegan. I don't think that's necessary for everyone but i think just to keep in mind how damaging um massive amounts of meat especially meat sorry meat especially beef can be for the environment just to reduce it it maybe just reduce your portion size or your frequency or maybe instead of having beef which is 
if I'm not mistaken. So beef has six times more emission as chicken. So maybe instead of having a piece of steak, have a piece of chicken. So it's not necessarily that you can't eat meat at all, but maybe make better choices in regards to meat and frequency and what type of meat and um, portion size. How does changing your diet improve the um, the current situation of climate change? Could you describe it a little bit more? Um, so animal agriculture as a whole um, is responsible for 14% of all CO2 emissions, which may not sound like a lot, but it's pretty much equal to transportation. Um, and that's just talking about CO2. That's not including methane, nitrous oxide, which cows, which we consume through beef, mm -hmm. animal agriculture, um, they emit methane, which is 30 times more potent and stronger than CO2. So in a way, it's almost worse when you look at it um, on a larger perspective. Um, it's responsible for a lot of Amazon destruction, in general, um, land usage. About 90% of Amazon destruction, which is considered the lungs of the planet, is because of animal clearing land for animal agriculture and for grazing. Um, about one football field worth of land is destroyed every second to clear for animal agriculture, which is about 100,000 fields a day, and along with it, 100 species of flora and fauna. Just by just the way every day we consume a piece of meat, so much is being lost in one action that we take that's really not as important as maybe getting to your destination through tra transport. So 60% of all mammals on Earth are livestock. So that means we breed relentlessly 70 billion animals just to be consumed. Um, mm -hmm. So if everyone switched to a Mediterranean diet, which is a mostly plant-based diet, with meat once in a while, beef once a month, chicken a few times a week, so it's not completely vegan, but just if you um, switch over to that type of style of eating, it'd be the same as taking a billion cars off the street. So what's easier, taking a billion cars off the street or everybody changing the way they eat and reducing it just a little bit? Um, you can save about uh, 1.4 tons of CO2 each year by eliminating eliminating beef which is the same as running your home on solar power so if you don't if you you don't have access to solar energy or you're not able to afford solar energy just by cutting up beef you will save the same amount as putting solar panels on your house and even if we were to eliminate all fossil fuels we would still exceed our healthy amount of emissions to keep the same um, global average temperature because of animal agriculture. Giovanna, what do you think about what Jasmine mentioned? Um, I think, I think diet, as in what we eat and what we consume, is a big, is a big deal because it's a part of us. It's who we are. We're made of that. But I do think it is important to keep in mind the what we eat and what we do have consequences. And so that's why I completely understand cutting my meals, cutting the amount of meat I eat. And I wish that other people also understand it, that it has a bigger consequence and that there's more to it 
than just I don't want to eat this anymore. I I want to eat this. Ends of course, ends of course. Yeah, I think. Um, I think we become very mindless in a way. Not to say that it's bad, but I think we have less of an awareness as back in the day when, not that I was there then, but <laughs> where you would um, cook, like really make your own meals. People had their own farms and they really were conscious of what was going on. But right now we get a piece of steak in front of us and we eat it. And we don't really know everything that goes into it, all of the energy, all of the greenhouse gases <laughs> that go into the production of that steak. And so it's hard for you to also make a change if you are not aware of the effects that it has. So you mentioned something very interesting um, regarding uh, the agriculture perspective that we have here. Um, do you believe that's partially responsible also because a lot of what we have comes from abroad? So a lot of our, our foods, our fruits, our vegetables, do you think that has something to do with it? Definitely, yeah, 100%. I think if you, like in Holland or abroad in Europe, you pass by these farms and these factories and everything, like you kind of see it more in your day-to-day. And here we kind of have no, it feels very foreign in a way. Yeah, so if we were to grow things locally more and do even if we did animal agriculture more locally it would still make a big carbon footprint but it wouldn't be as big as the fact that we're importing it from so via plane it's even more carbon emission by the way manera bosopora ripara um nos a switch the papiamento pa english pero nos quer pa boso tene cuenta ku um Ku e podcast aki nos kia promove inclusion, diskutur henda ta sinti na mes komodo pa ekspresana mes de idioma ku nata sinti komodo, i tambe nos ta un isla chikito pero multikultural, dis eta algo bonita ku Jasmine i Giovanna pa ekspresana mes de idioma ku nata sinti mas komodo. Dis just palaga pasasa nos ta konsiente di esay. Awa pa nos bye back de nos conversasyon, Vos a mencionar algo hopi interesante. Um, vos a contarme de qué carbon emission ta? Yes, carbon emission ta is um, carbon that we emit so that we give out into our lucht, our surroundings. Right, so carbon gets emitted through the burning of fossil fuel. Fossil fuel is fuel that is made from fossils, which is dead organisms. Uh, in, a, in a sense, it's buried carbon because all organisms are made of carbon. Um, but when it's buried underground, it doesn't have any effect. The only time it has an effect is when it's burned and it becomes carbon dioxide and it enters our atmosphere. And then that's when the greenhouse gas effect strengthens. strengthens. What kind of effect does that have to our atmosphere when it releases into the air? Well, it um, increases the temperature. That's why it's called the greenhouse gas effect. It's the same thing as a greenhouse where um, it traps sunlight. And it's what, as I said in the beginning, it's what gives us life. Because otherwise, the earth would be a big ball of ice. But <laughs> it's not. It's nice and warm. Getting a little too warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> too warm for comfort. Yeah. <laughs> a little too warm for our own preference. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even preference anymore. It's just like, <laughs> it's like inhabitable. Yeah. Too warm to be inhabited. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> 
So you mentioned temperatures. I was wondering if you could tell us um, about the temperature rise. Is that something that you believe is important that we focus on? Yes, it's pretty much, I'd like to say, the pretty much the most important thing. Um, there's three vicious cycles that happen when you look at temperature rise. So first of all, just at the first instant, oceans get hotter and they emit water vapor, which is a greenhouse gas actually. So which is further making it even warmer. So now it's already accelerating. Now when you look at ice melting, ice reflects sunlight, and when there's less ice, there's less ice cover that's covering the ocean, the water surface is exposed, which is even more water vapor, a greenhouse gas, and then further um, strength, strengthening of the greenhouse gas effect. Um, then the third vicious cycle is when you look at permafrost, which is frozen soil that contains greenhouse gases that are basically buried carbon, could be fossils, could be any form of buried carbon. Um, when that thaws, when it um, melts, yeah, when it melts, the gas is released and then it goes, it accelerates even more. So it becomes, sure, maybe it's just a couple of degrees in the first in instance, but it accelerates so much that it becomes more than just a couple of degrees. And even if it is a couple of degrees a year, or over a period of time, we are not able to adapt that fast. Life is not able to adapt that fast. We, when you look at graphs of like millions of years ago, the temperature stayed about the same. But now, ever since the industrial revolution, and so since there's more CO2 um, production or emission, since there's more CO2 emission, you suddenly see that spike up. And it's because it's, it's just happening in such a small time frame that nothing is able to adapt and everything's just going so fast in a way and we don't have control over it. How much time do you think we have to turn things around potentially? Because I know you mention it as something that's very grave in the state that it is right now. Do you think that us as a society have enough time to turn this around potentially? I mean... It depends. In the, there wasn't there a climate report, I think about a year ago, told us that we had 11 years or something like that. Wow. We had quite a bit. And then there was one that came out this year. I didn't even read it fully because I got really scared. <laughs> I uh, would be too. But yes, <laughs> very scary. It's my future. <laughs> Our future. Exactly. Um, and it was down to a matter of months. So, oh, wow. <laughs> regardless of months or years, if no one. If everybody, what it's been like the past, it if we don't change, yeah, we've been stalling. Everybody's been stalling and like, okay, we'll talk about that. And it's a very like, it's a very like, it's not an important thing until it is an important, important thing. thing. Exactly. And a lot, it's very, it's not being addressed with the weight that, as I said before, it's not being addressed with the weight that it has. Like it's, and wasn't there like a few days ago where 11,000 scientists, Released a, released a report that it to declare it an emergency. And I think England also was the first country to declare it an emergency. Um, more stuff like that needs to happen. It needs to be very fast, drastic change to be able to um, combat it. I think it's possible, 
and I think I do have hope. I think it's in the the right direction when you look at the climate protest protest that was here. And I don't think there was one last year, was there? Mm-mm. No. So and there were like hundreds of people that showed up. So I think it's going in the right direction, and I think we can do it. But um, it ca- we can't stall anymore. Like things need to happen. Absolutely. Now. Do you think there are small ways in which we can ensure that we can lead towards preventing this or making it less grave as it is right now? I think I think one of the first things that need to be done is to talk about it mm-hmm. because um, I'm not only talking about my generation, but I'm talking about the older generations. A lot of them have lack of knowledge over the topic. Mm-hmm. And without talking about it and without willing to educate yourself about what things are happening, nothing will change. So I think the the conversation that we are having now is needed, but not only in this room, but everywhere. Yeah, right. So I completely agree with what you said. Um, I think the first step is educating yourself and not only on what the situation is right now, but also what you can do about it. And then the next part of it is spreading that with literally anyone like do it with talk about it with your friends with your parents if you can attend protests or hold talks or share this podcast (laughs) (laughs) on spotify (laughs) shameless plug (laughs) yeah um or even just leading by example adopting your own measures like i've had for me i haven't consumed beef with in the past i think two years if i'm not mistaken And, like, my stepdad asked me the other day, he's like, well, why are you not eating beef? (laughs) And I'm like, and then I explained it to him because this and that and that and that. And he also asked me, why do you still eat a little bit of chicken but no beef? Also explain that, 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 that. And just like that, he's like, oh, okay. So one more person has a little bit of awareness of what impact it can have. I think it's really important, especially that we don't make it so difficult for us to communicate with each other. I feel like a lot of the times, if somebody isn't willing to begin understanding or begin implementing these little things in their life, will uh, attack them or will feel very mm-hmm. hostile towards mm-hmm. them. So it's important that you know we give it the time to educate and inform them as much as we can. On what you guys mentioned... Um, if there's anything that you could do, like a project or, or something, what would you guys would what would you guys like to do to begin a chain of reaction towards climate change? In Aruba. In Aruba, <laughs> um, like it was held last month was the climate action. I think was it called? Yeah, I think uh, that's protest. what it's called. Yeah. Um, I think that is important. And there were people there, but I think it could be much more. It could be much grand. Where us as a, us as a pueblo, us as a isla stands stands up, and I think that is a big, a very important project that brings awareness. And I think awareness is important. Right. No, I completely agree. I think I saw that they have another one. Mm-hmm, the twenty ninth, uh, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, I hope to see more people, and I think it'll. It's getting conversation starting. It's very much in its. Um, baby steps but I think it's growing very fast and I hope it brings about change also um, right so our municipal president I heard wants to also address the current energy situation which I think is a really big deal I think that's good um, we were supposed to be a hundred percent on renewable energy right now or by 2020 which is about a month away <laughs> um, and we're still using 80% fossil fuel so it's not where it needs to be 
but I'm hoping this does get addressed and um, hopefully it's hopefully implemented. Yes. Hopefully it's, it's implemented. implemented. And I saw Zero Waste Aruba posted something about that they demand certain. Mm-hmm. Let me check that for a second. <laughs> okay. Uh, they, ima- they demand that by 2030, if I'm not mistaken, they demand that in the plan, carbon emissions are drastically lowered. I'm quoting them on this, by the way. That the goals of net zero emissions by 2050 and 50% less emissions by 2030 are set. So these are the targets that internationally are agreed upon to keep global warming to degrees Celsius. No more fossil fuels, but clean energy, and also protection of nature, our biodiversity, etc. So, um, I hope that they address this and that um, they take into account um, Aruba's demands. So, you guys mentioned um, zero waste. Could you tell me what that is? So, I was talking about the Zero Waste Aruba is an organization here that um, promotes zero waste. Um, yeah, zero waste is a movement. It's of when us as individuals try to be as little to no possible waste. Uh, yeah, so you can also become part of the zero waste movement by reusing whatever you have at home. Even if this is plastic utensils, reuse what you already have at home. Try to get as much use out of it as you can before you send it to a landfill. Um, find ways to repurpose what you have. Uh, for me, I use honey jars to store my little tea leaves inside instead of buying a tea box um, and then donating as well things to other people um, instead of throwing it away right away. Um, as a general rule, it, when it comes to materials and uh, what's more wasteful and what isn't, it can be a little bit of a loaded subject, but I think a, as a general rule, Avoid plastic and styrofoam whenever you can. Um, paper is better than plastic. If it's no packaging at all, even better. Um, and if you can, do your research which materials are more sustainable than others. If it's biodegradable or not. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips, Giovanna? Tips on, on living a more waste, zero waste life? Yes. Um, like she said, choosing paper over plastic, even though I know paper is made from trees and unbossing in Dutch is a issue we have over the world because like it's known, our trees are our, we need them to survive air. Um, but yes, paper over plastic because plastic does not biodegrade. Okay. Um, I know that um, currently we are in a state where Aruba is trying their best to reduce the use of plastic. I know that they're doing that in groceries. Um, are you guys aware of that? Do you What do you think about it? I mean, I know, I um, think in 2016, there was a law passed that on January 1st in 2017 that the single-use plastic of one sale flow, so the bags, so the plastic bags that we put our stuff in at the end of the store, um, were we're not allowed to use them anymore. And that's been implemented, and now when you go to the grocery store, you no longer see those. I think acts like this need to be taken um, because plastic is not good and something that we need in Aruba, especially because we live on a, our income is, comes from the tourist. Um, Aruba's not a dump, and plastic is trash. Wherever you want to throw it, no matter where you throw it, we're going to have plastic. And seeing it on the 
streets thrones, things styrofoam thrones, so things that aren't that aren't gonna degrade is not it, it's not pretty, it's not nice. People are gonna come to our room and they're gonna think that we're dumb when we're not, when we're a beautiful island. And I think that's why things like this, like the thing that happened in two thousand seventeen with the plastic bags need to be implanted more because we also need to think about that we are a beautiful island and that should be a big priority of ours. I think um, for people that have a, because I know there are people, especially out of the older generation who complain about this type of thing. If you don't care about the planet, at least care about your own economy, it will affect us through tourism. So yeah. Okay. Could you explain to us what degrade means? Yes, so um, for example, biodegradable products or products that can be degraded. So degraded means, how I would explain it would be eaten up. So biodegradable, it can be eaten up by the um, nature. Yeah. Now, when you don't have biodegradable products, it is products that aren't eaten up by the nature. So it isn't getting rid, it is not getting rid of. We have too much of unbiodegradable products. Which can also be damaging to wildlife. Yes. Especially you get with marine life, the plastic straws, and you find the Coke bottle, the Coke cans, the wraps, the little, what do you call that? The plastic wrapping. Mm -hmm. Also, you'll find them like around the turtles' necks and stuff. So, yeah. And in, I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. It's okay. It, so it's in even more an, another way that it affects nature. And like we said before, one of the it's not important until it is important. This is affecting our food chain. These um these fishes are eating the plastic. We consume the fishes too. Therefore, soon, um, figuratively speaking, we're gonna be breathing plastic if we don't change it. It's it's becoming more and more a part of our food chain, which affects us. Yeah, exactly. Um, actually, what happens is plastic it won't degrade completely but it'll break down into smaller pieces called microplastics and those are easier for the fish and the smaller mostly basically what the animals that we do eat mm -hmm. the, the marine animals that we do eat like fish and then they consume the plastic and just as you said then it enters us and mm -hmm. then yeah it affects us seeing that you guys mentioned this and we're talking about fishes we're talking about water um there is also an issue regarding sunscreen right yes. people using sunscreen yes. and then going into the beach and the water and affecting um could you tell us a little bit more about that um yeah so basically sunscreen i don't know maybe you know a little bit more about it but i don't know exactly what it is but i know that um it doesn't completely stay on you it gets absorbed into the water and it affects the corals i mm -hmm. think is that correct? Yeah, wait, let me just... I think maybe... Let me get the facts. Okay, okay. <laughs> Pull um, up the facts. I got the receipts. <laughs> I got the receipts. I got the receipts. <laughs> um, yes, one second. Yes, the, um, our sunscreen is uh, harmful because it contains it contains chemical, chemicals like oxybenzone that can seep into our coral reefs and uh, go into our corals, which will... And at the, it will seep into it, and at one point, our corals will die, so they'll bleach out. And this isn't good. Now, this is not good because we need our corals. Our corals are needed for their beautiful people coming here to see them. So, um, in terms, our, our economy is going to be affected. But, like I was saying, this goes into the corals, so we need sunscreen is something we need. We can't say don't use sunscreen anymore. We live on an island that is affected by the sun. We need sunscreen. So, something that we can do, we can use sunscreen that is organic, that is safe for us to use, that is completely not harmful to our ocean, our reefs. Yeah. 
Also, I don't know if it affects mangroves. Does it? Do you know? The I'm not sure. But I know that mangroves are act mangroves are actually very important also into absorbing CO2. They are ten times more. They can absorb ten times more CO2 than regular trees. So that's super important for Aruba as well. So seeing that we're talking about all of this, and I know it's been really interesting. Um, this topic is something that you could discuss for hours, seeing how important it is. Before I close this episode, I wanted to discuss some SDGs with you guys. What do you guys know about SDGs? Um, so I know that SDGs was created by the United Nations. Um, it acts on 17 sus- sustainable development goals um, to transform our world by, I think, 2030. I'm not sure when it was created, but I know that there are 17 of them. Yeah, I think it's really important to set guidelines and goals because climate change and global warming and development and all of these things in general, big global issues, it's very abstract and it's very hard to measure. So I think setting very, um, what's the word, very clear and cohesive goals, very specific, is key to actually seeing change over time because I think especially when you adopt habits that you do yourself Mm -hmm. that you implement yourself it's hard to see the change that is happening so it's nice to have goals to um, global goals that everybody's striving for and especially it's nicer to see them being met and that there is change that's coming yeah okay seeing what you guys mentioned regarding the sustainable development goals do you think there's enough that's being done um, no, of course I do not think there's enough being done. There's always more that can be done. We can always better ourselves. And I think that um, the SDGs on Aruba is like the sustainable development goals on Aruba is like a little baby. And now we're, it's growing. And I think growth is important. And therefore, I think more needs to be done. But it is happening. I'm not saying that it's not happening. It is happening, which is a beautiful thing. What do you think can be done? Or what do you think should be done? Okay, so what can be done (laughs) regarding the sustainable development goals is, like I've said before, is informing because um, I don't think I know because the people I'm around don't have any clue what sustainable development goals are. So I think informing and then with that coming brainstorm sessions because I think brainstorming with a lot of people is so needed eating off other people's ideas, creating more. It's such a it's such an amazing process to see, and I live for it, and I think that is something that needs to be done because we need to educate ourselves. We need to educate everyone else around us. All right. I think also what you said about doing it with other people. You guys can share ideas and jump off of each other's ideas and build something more than just... Yourself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And you guys can organize projects or protests or whatever it is, but it leads to bigger things if you work together. Yes. And unity, there's power. Correct. Yes. So before I close this episode, I'd like to leave it on a little note. Um, What are some tips that we can um, implement? Some very small, easy, um, maybe habitual tips, if you'd like to call it that, that we could implement to prevent the continuation of climate change. Okay, so a few easy changes that you can make right now. I already mentioned a few. Lower your beef. Uh, or meat intake Um, something else that you can do that pretty much takes no effort and it's something you already do on a daily basis is changing your browser so change it from Google or uh, Bing or whatever to 
a browser called Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A, which they do a lot of reforestation per about 50 searches it plants one tree. You can see um, the financial reports, exactly how much money is going to tree planting. You can see videos about where they're planting the trees, local people helping them plant the trees. They've planted about 75, or excuse me, 73 million trees so far. So it's something that you already do on a daily basis. You Google things all the time. And just by switching your browser without actually getting your hands dirty, you're planting trees. So that's really cool. Um, another thing you can do is just Google a, or Ecosia, a, <laughs> Ecosia. A, a carbon footprint calculator just to have an awareness of what your situation is right now. And then maybe do it in three months after you've implemented some little changes like reducing your meat and then see the progress that you've made. Like I said before, sometimes it's so hard to see if it's making a difference. And I think measuring it and actually seeing, wow, it's my carbon I'm footprint. I'm doing something. Exactly. It's really motivating and it keeps you going. Um, and again, the two last tips that I have, I've already mentioned, but it's educating yourself and spreading that knowledge, creating awareness and making your voice heard. Um, educate yourself on low waste, carbon ne negative, eco-friendly, all these terms, different materials, different products. Um, the effects and solutions of climate change as a whole. Just educate yourself on everything that's out there, everything that's possible, and then spread that through sharing this podcast, <laughs> uh, making changes to your own life and leading by example, attend protests and different events, talk to your friends, talk to your family. Um, if you want, just something as simple as following a account on Instagram that talks about different tips, just so that you have the information exactly the correct yeah um and another thing if you have the funds it's nice to donate to companies who can make big impact instead of maybe you can't afford solar power so solar panels on your home but maybe there's a company who just by you chipping in five dollars can supply solar panels to an entire village in kenya not only are they getting energy and electricity but it's also clean so, yeah, little things like that can make a big difference. Before we close the episode, I'd like to ask Giovanna as well if you have any small tips, easy tips that we can all implement. Um, she pretty much summed it all up. But like I said before, I think a big deal is educating yourself. And I keep going back on this topic because I stress on it so much because I think it's so important. Now, before I started to care about how anything I did impacted the world, um, I took a minute and I educated myself. I, I googled things, I looked things up because I was, I was malinformed, I, I wasn't informed at all. Um, and just with that being done, I, I realized it, it weighed on me. It weighed on me because certain things that I did, certain actions that I took, at that point I realized that it is not only affecting me, it is affecting the people around me, it is affecting the animals around me, and it is also affecting the future, the future animals, people that are to inhabit the earth, that I leave them. And the fact that a little thing that I can do, a little thing that we can do together can actually change that is, is crazy to me. I think it's amazing. And I think that's why I am so passionate about changing it because we are impactful.
no se llegan a el final de el podcast. Me quiero preguntar vos si tienes algo más que vos solo quieres contarnos, DJ, para me conocer el podcast. Um, yes, join us. Join us at Climate Action Aruba on November 29th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Wilhelmina Park, Orion Stocks. We're going to be there. We're going to be supporting the, the climate action. Um, yeah, that's about it. And also, I would like to say thank you for having us. It means the world to me to be able to he be here and converse about such an important topic. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much. It was honestly an honor. Um, and it was also really great to be able to talk to Giovanna and meet fellow uh, climate action... Believers! Believers! Supporters! <laughs> yeah. yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. Um, it means the world to us to have you guys here as well. Um, I loved the whole conversation. It was really enjoyable and really informative. And I'm sure that nos oyente na tamé agusta masho. Hope you miss ya hay informativo. Nos oyente na please queda pendiente para nos siguiente episodio. Cual nos lo hace tocante el tópico educación.